1: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And we see every day the need for people to uh, step up and fulfill the obligations of their most important political office because, well, the, um, the politicians and the ruling class and big corporations and whatnot all deserve all the blame and criticism they get. Ultimately, that we're in at least halfway through the, uh, one generation. Ronald Reagan talked about uh, that a freedom is only one generation away from extinction is because not enough of us. Are fulfilling the obligations of that most important political office. I am very pleased today to welcome uh, to the show two women who exemplify the motto of our show. That The most important political office is that of the private citizen, uh, Denise Aguilar and Tara Thornton. They are together, uh, they formed a group called the Freedom Angels, who are, among other things, lobbying directly the state legislature and having some uh, effect at defeating some of the horrendously uh, bad bills up there. But their work goes far beyond that. and We'll be getting into that. So I am very pleased to welcome to the show Denise Aguilar and Tara Thornton. Uh, and they come from very, very different backgrounds. And somehow they have they, gotten together in the common cause of protecting children and protecting our families and protecting our freedom. Uh, so, well, normally we jump into the show and... Right into the substance because there's never enough time to discuss all of the substance, but they have such interesting stories. I like to spend a little bit of time on their life path to activism and how they, and how they came together. So let's start with Denise. How did you go from where you were to where you are?
2: Um, well, I am uh, I was born and raised here in California, living in Stockton, um, and Tracy between my whole entire life. And I was what you would consider a gang member here in, in Stockton. Um I had absolutely no thought of politics. I did not care about politics. I had no idea what it even entailed. Um, and I was a teen mom. So I I, I wasn't involved in any of this. And then in 2012, I met my husband who um, told me that I should read a vaccine insert and handed me an insert. And from there, it was a whole can of worms that got opened. Um, in 2015, I started becoming politically active when he took me to my first protest of SB 277 that removed philosophical and religious exemptions uh, to vaccines for children K through 12. And it was just nonstop from there. I was really upset the way that this vaccine program affected my children and how they lied to me. And in 2019, SB 276 was introduced that removed all functional exemptions to shots for kids K through 12. And I was doing some grassroots organizing, connecting with people across the state of California. And then, um, Tara and I met during one of the hearings that the the bill passed. And it was a moment of um, defeat for me because I share custody of my son. And at that moment, I knew that I would not be able to protect him against um, the medical tyranny that was going on with forced medicine. And Tara and I met. And from there, we just started saying, you know what, we're not going to stay silent with this. We're not going to let them get away with this. We're going to do everything we possibly can to not just make a statement that we're not going to move away from our kids, but to also use all the skills that we've had um, in our past life to now to organize and to have effective strategy and to gather the people so they understand um, your voice is powerful, even if it feels like nobody's listening or there's no change coming it's clear that it is possible to make change. We've been able to defeat bills here in California, historic bills that California has never been able to do before. So our mission and our goal is to train people and how to, step into their power because we're all fully capable of doing this. You don't need to have a degree. You don't need to be fancy. You don't need to have a suit. Um, you can come from any walk of life and you can put pressure on your elected representatives because the reason why we got here is because we're not engaged in politics. We just vote people in and we walk away and we pray that they do a good job. But I think we're at a boiling point right now um, that people from all demographics and all walks of life, are done, are sick and tired of the extremism here in California and they want information. They want to know how. They don't know how to do it. And so we've made it our goal and our mission is to show them that they are they can do this. They have every single tool available to them to course correct a state and to take control of their, their children's education to homeschool and to learn skills that so that way we no longer have to outsource anymore. You know, we don't outsource our education. We don't outsource our health care. Uh, we take responsibility for our lives and for our children.
1: Para, I mean, you like you, you were living the good life up in the mountains. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah,
3: definitely you know, self employed, homesteading, homeschooling. In my teen and years and twenties, I was involved in social justice and environmental activism that would look as classic leftist type of, um, you know, things around anti GMOs and working with who were being forced off their land uh, for strip mining of uranium and coal and um, in preserving ancient forests. And that was really my experience in political engagement. And then as I was living off the land and trying to build a business and becoming a mom and trying to figure out how I could create, you know, raise my son in a way that was in line with what was best for him and and for humanity, um, I had to kind of come out of the mountains in 2015, like Denise, when the bill SB 277 was brought in California. And this was the one that, you know, I told everyone, this was this was COVID on steroids. It was comply or move state. It was the piece of legislation that really started. The frontal assault that everyone really became aware of in the last couple of years, the kind of global slave system and control system that is, is forcing, you know, everyone to really understand this is about freedom or slavery, about good and evil, and to really decide and step into what to do. So I was forced to step. Well, I say forced. I was awakened to This assault where my child was put up against a wall where he could not go to a school if I wanted him to. And in 2015, that bill was even applied to homeschoolers. It was comply or move state. You couldn't even homeschool if you didn't follow Every bit of the childhood schedule. So I came out of the woods. I got to tell you something. I thought that there would be a million people tearing up the pavement to the California Capitol. And while it was an incredible show of tens of thousands of parents just showing up, um, it was really a moment where I thought, "Where is everybody? This is so. This is such extreme discrimination. Such extreme control and enslavement." Um, such a violation of justice everywhere. And it's against the most vulnerable, our children. Where is everybody? And, you know, it was a bunch of years where we fought hard and didn't win hardly any battles. And then like Denise said, in 2019, we're facing another battle and she and I met and from there we took what we knew had to happen which is bring this into the human and civil rights issue focus it squarely around children parental rights and human and civil rights and because we know that this extremism is actually out of alignment with most of humanity and that it's really beyond partisanship and that we were going to you know work to bring balance back not only to the state but the nation on those grounds, because I firmly believe that if you actually get into conversation with most people, despite district or demographic, they want to protect children. They actually want to protect freedoms and parental rights.
1: Yeah. Other than other than maybe some, um, far lefties, and and probably in affluent white neighborhoods, no one wants to, very few parents want to see their uh, children chemically and surgically mutilated and sterilized. That's what, think. I think you're absolutely right. And you both touched on one thing is, and I've seen that in your your social media and a lot of videos on Twitter, uh, is who is the extremist? They certainly, you know, that uh, to the people that are pushing the mandatory faxes and the transing of children and the indoctrination of children, of course, anybody who resists that is a, quote unquote, extremist. But really, who is the, who is the, who are the real extremists?
2: The ones who want to lower the age of consent for children. I mean, that's extreme. It's extreme to want to push parents away from their children's health care and education. It's extreme to want to remove children from their families and put them under the care of the state. It's extreme to not want parents to be involved in any of the conversations. So the extremists are the ones who are trying to lower the age of consent Trying to remove parents from the important conversations and trying to remove protections around children. That's extremism. It's not extreme to want to be involved in our children's lives. That's our responsibility as a parent. And, you know, it's our, it's our duty as a parent to step in front of our children and make sure that they're safe and that they're protected. There's no reason for anybody to think that mothers would not go completely feral if you attack our kids. So the extremists are the ones who think that children can consent.
3: Yeah. And I would add exactly that. Plus, you know, mandates are extremism, Um, you know, shaming people for for, um, standing behind the Second Amendment. That's extremism. There is nothing extreme about the Second Amendment. Uh, about people owning guns and and knowing how to use them. That is actually, you know, the Second Amendment is there to protect the first. And that's the foundation of our country. It's the foundation for protecting and preserving freedoms and human and civil rights. So but again, like Denise said, I don't think you can actually get more clear about what extremism isn't when you look at children and families and what they're trying, where they're trying to attack them. And California is leading the nation on that. We have bills in the state legislature right now we're working to fight against that, you know, are in constant um, efforts to emancipate children, lower age of consent and get in between parents and children, break, break that parent child bond and get, you know, allow other adults to influence them and have more say. The other adults and the state.
1: You'll get into some of those bills and your upcoming trip to uh, SoCal, but first we need to hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of United America Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed
0: Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United
1: American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate.
0: AM590, the
1: answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups. Uh, Joseph Sorbonne said that uh, liberalism is really piecemeal socialism, and socialism always attacks three basic social institutions. Religion, the family, and private property. Religion because it offers a rival authority to the state. The family, because it means a rival loyalty to the state and property, because it means material independence of the state. And our guests this week, uh, Denise Aguilar and Tara Thornton at uh, the Freedom Angels are actually kind of working at least those last two areas of protecting the family and developing material independence of the state. We'll come to the latter uh, later. Um, ladies, there is, there are some horrendously bad bills. Up in Sacramento. Uh, some of them have been defeated, at least for the moment. In my mind, I think the most the worst and the most evil bill they've ever come they have yet come up with is A B six six five. What's going on with that?
2: Yeah, this bill was so, is written so misleading and the supporters and sponsors of this bill have really misled legislators on what the true reason behind this bill is. So, um, this AB 665 would essentially emancipate 12 year olds. It would allow 12 year olds to decide if they want to leave their home and go into a residential shelter under the care of the state. And, you know, right now under, under the current law in California, 12 year olds can already consent to mental health services without parental consent or knowledge. That's already been a law established. Uh, but there are guardrails in that law, which is due process, right? You have to, and before the state can relocate your child from the home into a shelter, foster care group home, whatever label they want to have it on, there needs to be Proof of abuse, proof of self-harm, or harm to others. And this bill specifically removes those guardrails in place and will allow children to say, I don't want to live at home anymore. My family doesn't support me. I don't I don't belong there. I don't want to be there. And they can go to anybody who falls under the umbrella of mental health professional, including trainees and interns, they can go to these people and say, I need help leaving my house. And in turn, those people would be able to facilitate that child's move into a residential shelter. So a parent could send their kid to school, drop their kids off and not see them again. And that child could be relocated to a shelter. And as a parent, since you, you know, children have medical privacy in California, you wouldn't have access or knowledge on how your child is doing. You would actually have to go through the process to prove you're not an abusive parent, which means hiring an attorney, going through the whole process to prove something that was never proven in the first place. It's a very misleading bill. Um, The sponsors of this bill wanted legislators to believe that it's about insurance parity, allowing children on Medi-Cal services to get the same mental health services as children on private pay insurance, I find that a little um, interesting that there was no appropriations hearing for this. So you're going to expand services that are uh, taxpayer funded without actually having a conversation around how much money it's going to cost for this service. the 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 meat of what we're opposing isn't of children to actually have access to mental health services. We fully believe that children should have access to services, especially coming off of three year being isolated and, and told that they should be scared of people. Um, but what we don't uh, support is for the state stepping in and saying, yeah, that 12 year old can go ahead and decide if they don't want to live at home. Because I think we've all been that age to where we don't, we don't feel supported. We feel like we're not in the, the right body because of puberty. Things are happening um, to us mentally and physically. But this is so inappropriate and irresponsible to give the, these children that kind of power. Parents are going to be in a really bad situation um, to cannot even be around their kids. And right now, it's a scary situation to send them to school. But this bill isn't centered around private school, public school. This is around age. So every parent in the state of California and every child will be affected by this bill.
1: Yeah, and it's not just the child deciding you want you want he or she wants to leave home. you can imagine the school psychiatrist or counselor. You know, your parents really don't support your desire to be a girl when you're a boy or vice versa. Um you know they're mean. They 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 don't really under, they don't really love you. Do no. Wouldn't you be much happier with children like yourself? Um, can, you can go to a home and there, there'll be no bedtime. You can watch whatever you want to. You can stay up at whatever you want to. You can eat whatever you want to. Wouldn't you be much happier in a place like that? And the twelve year old goes, "Oh yeah, well, that sounds good to me." And you're exactly yeah. right. You, it, it, you may never see your kid again.
3: Yeah, exactly, and it's. Yeah, there's certainly an LGBTQ and trans component to it that, you know, the agenda that seeks to kind of bring children along that lines. But like Denise said, this really is every 12 year old and up. And we know that children um, are impulsive that they don't have the mental and emotional development yet. Um, the, the science showing that the prefrontal cortex isn't developed fully until 26 is used constantly by the Democratic legislators in the state to pass bills that are using that, saying like you can't market regarding vaping or guns, also that you can't waive your right to an attorney during interrogation um, if you're under the age of 26. And, you know, it's just defies logic that you wouldn't apply the same thing, the same science to a situation around emancipating children. And beyond that, just as an adult, whether you have children or not, you have been a child and you know better. You know that children are impulsive and don't make good decisions and they're, they're not mentally, emotionally capable. So it's it's very, it's very suspect that any adult would support this. We will tell you that this bill is an assembly bill. It passed through the assembly on a full party line vote, meaning all Democrats voted yes across the board. We, um, as Freedom Angels, we were busy working on defeating the HPV mandate bill and working on other bills. So this one hadn't got our full attention tension until it was really heading into the Senate. Once we got into it with the senators, you know, we made sure to tell them, we want you to know that this hasn't, you know, when you look back at the votes in the hearings in the the assembly, just know that this hasn't been really looked at yet or or by the people of California and that nobody knows about it. So don't take it as like, uh, you know, that it's already been pressure tested. This is on the Senate. And we will tell you, That, it, you know, the dozen plus progressive Democrat senators that Denise and I spoke directly with on this bill immediately, immediately understood the problems with it just by sheer nature of we should not emancipate children to leave home at 12 and up to go to the residential shelter because they are just not capable of making those decisions. No, I have a 13 year old. This is really hard age. They are challenging, pushing back concerned. You know, like it's a really hard time to parent no matter the environment and no matter the home, no matter the world, it's a tough time. And But what is happening, so we were really heartened, actually, that initially, it shows you how bad this bill is. Initially, even the progressive Democratic senators knew that it was wrong to emancipate children like this at that age for these decisions. But because the political machine is as it is, it is still rolling on now. It passed out of Senate committee with full party votes, and it's going to go to a Senate floor vote. Where if we don't have a massive blowback from the actual people on the ground in the districts to these Democratic senators, um, just on the sheer basis of like, you know, protecting children and understanding children aren't capable of this. Then this will pass on party line votes when those Democratic senators actually know better in their heart that this is wrong.
1: Yeah, um, I wonder how they figure or rationalize how it's not, it's not going to be their child or grandchild
3: well we know what they are we've talked to them so we know how they're rationalizing it they are saying that it's okay to remove the existing guardrail because the med- the mental health professionals that are going to be in place and like to said they can be interns as well um to talk with the children will make sure that they're that these kids aren't making an irrational decision that that's what they're trusting a process which we all know is not an acceptable process. There has to be a high, high guardrail. I mean, guardrails for actual bru- abuse to be able to remove parental rights and move children and emancipate them and put them in the state care and other adults care. But there, the Democrats, uh, senators that we've talked to are trusting a process and lowering the bar for removing parental rights.
1: Yeah, but the of course the medical establishment has gone as woke as the educational establishment and there and what there may be probably exceptions in both but they're all they're all in on this transgender craze which I think if, if there's ever an honest history of this time written I think historians will puzzle how in a supposedly advanced civilization went down that rabbit hole.
3: Yeah, and that's what we're dealing with with AB 957 right now. This is the bill that makes um, in family court, the judge will have to consider uh, the affirming, the gender identity affirming parent in terms of custody and time. And the problem is this doesn't, not only make it a factor to consider it makes it the factor to consider by tying it as saying that gender affirming is in the health safety and welfare of a child which actually makes that by you know as a mandate for the judge to look at that as the determining factor and by de facto default that makes you not affirming essentially subject to abuse
1: right Being a- yes 957 is no what's the, what is the status of nine five seven? Where is where is that in the process?
3: It's yeah, it's in this. It's in the Senate. It, it, Senate floor vote is where you need to go and work on that. The Senators.
1: Uh, that's all the time we have in this segment. Uh, stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite IE Radio, AM five ninety, the answer. Well, welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free and Prosperous. This week I am very pleased to have on the show uh, two women who exemplify the motto of our show, Denise Aguilar and Tara Thornton, who come from very different backgrounds but have united in their cause of protecting our freedom, protecting our children, and protecting our families. And you can find them of uh, the Freedom Angels at freedom an- freedom dot angelsorg And you can find them on Twitter at InformedMama209 or at PioneerMama. And they're constantly doing stuff. Um, If most of our people did a tenth of what they're doing, uh, we'd save the country. We were talking in our last uh, segment about some of the really bad bills. Uh, The Probably the two worst, in my opinion at least, is AB665, which, no exaggeration, if that passes you could send your children to school in the in the morning and your 12 and older can decide they want to go to a group home someplace and they may never come home 957 that prefers the in a custody dispute the parent that wants to uh, chemically and surgically castrate mutilate and sterilize the child which they call open quote gender affirming care uh, close quote um if you don't have anything to add on that what are some of the other bills really bad bills that you guys are working on?
2: We have AB 1078. Um, This is authored by Corey Jackson. He represents the Riverside area. So if you are in Riverside, I hope that you are organizing now to make sure this man does not continue in his seat. Um, This bill would remove what the bill that you're that 1078 is. You're actually seeing it play out right now with Newsom and the Temecula School Board and the Chino uh, School District. This is what it's going to be. It would remove local power from the school board when it comes to curriculum and give the power to the state. So if a parent sees that there's inappropriate age material that is in libraries or curriculum, they can take their concerns to the school board discuss it, and the board will decide by a vote if they're going to remove that material. Um, what this bill would do is remove the parents, again, from the education part of their children's lives and require that the school boards get permission from the state to remove material from the libraries or the curriculum. So that what you're seeing now with Newsom wanting to purchase books for the children at Temecula and Tony Thurman going down to the Chino school district, trying to pressure the school boards with um, you know, his political weight. That's what this bill's going to do. And during hearings, uh, Corey Jackson states this is to counter the white Christian nationalists that are um trying to take over the school boards. So apparently not wanting to have pornography in libraries constitutes you being a Christian far-right extremist nationalists. So again, if you guys are, if anybody listening is in Riverside, this is the chair to go around to try to find a replacement as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, Denise is an example that uh, in America, regardless of your race or ethnicity, everyone can aspire to be a white nationalist. (laughs)
2: they did they did say uh latinos who push against the narrative are uh, you know are basically coconuts so
1: yeah. <laughs> you know black people your, your oreo cookies it, it's it, it's all it's all said to you to make you stop
2: oh yeah you can call me whatever you want my children call me mom and that's the most important name
1: you mentioned, and it's a good, good segue because I have the clip. We have a clip from the, uh, there was a Chino this past week. There was a, a school board meeting in Chino, actually, maybe two weeks ago, that they passed this ex- quote unquote extreme measure that, uh, you, know, you have to inform parents. If, if your child's deciding is gets confused and wants to decide they, they can be the opposite gender, um, you got to tell the parents and bring them into it. And, uh, huge turnout. And there's a little segment where you you mentioned that the state superintendent, Tony Thurman, spoke there. And then uh, board president, uh, Sonia Shah, had a few remarks. Let's take a listen. For our students, but may put our students at risk
0: because they may not be in homes where they can be safe.
5: Time. 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 And I learned something from a previous board president. Guys, be respectful. I am going to do a point of order, which I learned from a previous board president. Tony Thurman, I appreciate you being here tremendously. But here's the problem. We're here because of people like you. You're in Sacramento proposing things that pervert children. You had a chance to come and talk to me, Tony. By all means, you had a chance to come talk to me. Why was it so important for you to walk with my opponent? You are the very reason why we're in this.
0: May, may I have, as a point of order, as the board. No order. This is
5: not your meeting. You may have a seat. Because if I did that to you in Sacramento, you would not accept it. Please sit. I got
1: a point of order. You're
5: not going to blackmail us. You already sent us a blackmailing letter on previous things. You, you will not. bully us here in Chino. Please see. Point of order. In Chino. Point of order. We're gonna take a five-minute break. Point. of order. Have one down, 82 to go. I'm gonna reconvene the regular meeting. Please bring it down, guys. We got to get through this.
1: Uh, and and the, the the board president Sonia Shaw, is another example of, of of a mother raising her children, being a wife, and doing living her life, and then just feel compelled to do in order to defend her family and children, getting involved in in politics. And she and she stuck to her guns, and they 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 came after. Her. There was um, numerous threat death threats. Uh, one person called and threatened to dismember her and her children and uh just plus just general you know horrifically nasty comments that get made to these so when you stand when you stand in their way, when you stand in between them and your children, you get uh you get, you get every bit of venom they, and threats and so on that they can, that they can muster. Um, you also mentioned Temecula, where Pastor Tim Thompson down there organized and elected five out of seven school board members in that area that they ran in, including a majority on Temecula. But two of the three ones that they people had work so hard to, uh, elect caved in this past week to uh, approve the, uh, uh, sexually inappropriate and uh, uh, indoctrination agenda and curriculum that the state wanted them to oppose, and uh, they did so in a sneaky, underhanded way. They called a, a special meeting on a Friday night to do it. They couldn't come up and do it in, 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 in the sunlight and a, a regular meeting and let the public weigh in. They had to do it in a sneaky, underhanded fashion. that They were going to cave. So it's, but it's tough. I, mean, I can, I can understand that. But uh, it, that's the that's the and you, you guys have probably been subjected to uh, some other similar treatment.
2: Oh, I mean, yeah. we have. Oh, we've had you know Antifa come after us and and the threats. The problem with that is that it doesn't scare us. And so you know when they ha- when they try to threaten us, I mean we've been at the Capitol holding protests against the lockdowns, and we've had um, Antifa swarming around us on bikes trying to to bully us and all that does i mean i'm from the streets of stockton Tara's is from the mountains like you're not going to scare any of us into backing down away from our kids these are our kids like are, have you lost your mind one of the things that um, sonia did is is a model to show other school boards and other families that you don't have to bend to the political weight of these people and to the threats that's what happened through covid through the lockdowns people were being threatened like um, out, Outwater, which is a, an area that we worked with, they were being threatened because they wanted to lift their public health emergency. they were being threatened with fines, with having to pay back the COVID money, all these things. And they stuck to their guns and they said, no, we are not going to continue to lock down the people in our city. And they were successful and, and able to lift their public health emergency and they didn't have the kind of repercussions that the state wanted them to believe that they had. So all of these are fear tactics that they use to get us to be quiet and compliant and to just bend a knee to, to the establishment. And that's, I think through COVID and through parents seeing the manipulation of our children. We have, we're done. It, we're done with this. And no amount of gaslighting or threats is going to get us to say, okay, you can have our kids. I give up. It's not going to happen. The battle has just begun. People are now really aware of the kind of power we have as constituents and they're stepping into it. And that makes the uh, Newsom administration very nervous to see People are are no longer scared of of these, you know, the gaslighting and the, the threats, the empty threats that he's giving.
3: Oh, yeah. We've had so many threats against Freedom Angels since 2019. And then in the lockdowns, I mean, we had even people in freedom movements afraid to stand on stages or, or with us because the attacks on us were so hot and hard from around the world and within. And, you know, in the whole thing is to just keep holding your line and don't compromise and just show them that you can look, we're still standing. We're still five foot high women in dresses and heels were are still standing through all of this, building relationships, growing networks, building out the world we want for our children and humanity, and actually moving the needle against extremism. And if we can do it, anybody can do it because we're no different. And you know what the parents, what you see Southern California from Sonia Shaw and the other parents who are either elected or coming to the meetings is exactly how you do it. It should be an inspiration and a model for everybody. And it's what happens when you make the fundamental realization and decision and that it's you protecting your child. You're responsible for your child and your life and creating the world you want. And that the government, the schools, The doctors, the media, they are all going to lie to you and they are all going to not have your child or your best interests in mind. And when you get to that foundational place, then it's kind of easy to step in and take action and hold the line. And that's what you saw in Chino with Sonia Shaw. That's exactly how you do it. And you learn how to play the political game and you and you and you challenge back. And don't accept the terms. And if you lose on one ground, you just keep going on another and you always protect your child and always protect freedom in your actions. And you move your life around and change it as you have to, to do that as
1: we need to take a break here, but that's an excellent point, isn't it? And particularly for me, for people of, of my generation, there's you, th- you thought you could trust your doctor, you thought you could trust the medical establishment, maybe even you thought you could trust the go- trust the trust the government, at least the, at least the health. Maybe not the politicians, you know, they're they're liars, and okay, but at least you know the, the the Department of Health, you know, or the or the FDA. You could certainly try. You certainly could trust them. They're out. They're looking for us. But it's, it's, when you realize. They're lying, and you can't trust them. And that's, that's just an excellent, excellent point. Uh, let's hear again from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet solution? Do a cash out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo.
0: Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer.
1: Well, welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, Unite IE Coalition. I very pleased and honored to have two great and effective political activists on the show this week. Uh, Denise Aguilar and Tara Thornton together. They formed the Freedom Angels and they work are mostly out of NorCal, but we have an opportunity to uh, see them in person coming up in SoCal. Uh, tell us about your upcoming trip.
2: We are super excited to go down there. We will start our trip August 4th, and we're going to head to Glendale. And these events are going to be town hall trainings. We're going to talk to people about effective political strategy, about homeschooling, and how to prepare your family. And it's also going to be an opportunity for people to network and to find each other and to start creating this tribe of people who want the same thing, want course correction, um, who want to know how to do this effectively. And so we're gonna be in Glendale uh, on Friday and then we're gonna to go to San Pedro we'll be in Pomona and we'll be in Yucaipa at Riley's Farm. So you have, our whole schedule is at um, freedom-angels.org but we're very excited to go down there. We don't normally get the opportunity to go to Southern California because we're working at the Capitol so often during legislative session, but we are going to do some down and dirty hardcore training on being effective, knowing how to talk with legislators, how to push back or or support certain bills, and we're also going to get into elections. You know, we all know elections are going to be incredibly important. And so we're going to talk to people about that piece. And we it's just it's a time to come out and to network with each other to learn how to really play the game of politics and to start bringing some course correction so we can utilize the things like the bipartisan caucus that is now in California. Um, and so, Tar, you want to you want to jump in on that one?
3: Well, I would also add that what we what we always do is try to build networks as much as possible, and what's scaring Sacramento right now and you know the districts is that our efforts are going to build district to capital networks. We already have them. we're going to amplify them. We're going to next level them. Uh, there's incredible work, especially like we said earlier around the school boards and districts going down in Southern California, and as the legislate as electeds know, You know, one to 12 people in a district can change the game. And if you really focus, you know, up level on your strategy and focus really strategically, we also have, you know, some very key seats that need to be challenged. And many, most of them are down in Southern California. So this is going to be a really important time for all of us to network together, make really concerted efforts at to build these district to capital networks and show show exactly you know what the people of california want how we stand aligned together and that we're going to force representative uh government or we'll take you out of your elected position and if we do that smart in a way that we haven't been doing um then we can actually bring balance back to the state. And like Denise mentioned, two years ago, also out of the COVID um, saga, a bipartisan caucus was formed, and that is moderate uh, Democrats and Republicans. And so that is a place to build around. They are seeking balance as well, instead of a stranglehold from the progressive uh, legislative and executive leadership in the state. And the good news is, When we talked, you mentioned we've had some wins. Last year, we defeated SB 866. That was the Scott Wiener bill that would have emancipated all children 12 and up in the state to make their own decisions on vaccines. And we defeated that on the last day of session after a historic battle. They did not want to go down and lose that one. They wanted it bad. And we defeated it. And then this year, we defeated the HPV mandate for K-12 through and college students and their misleading letter um, in the bill AB 659. And in California, you cannot pass or defeat a bill unless you get both the moderate and the progressive Democrats on your side, because it's just a numbers game. So it shows you right there with civic engagement. And this is just about building relationships. Like Denise said early on, you don't have to be trained. You don't have to wear anything special. You just have to come with that heart to protect children and freedoms and, you know, network in with everyone and we'll all work together. And it showed that even Even the progressive legislators knew that they had gone too far with this extremism. And we have a lot of other bills and a lot of other issues that we need to have that same course correct and not only hold the line, but push back and get things like religious exemptions back in the state of or to the state of California and various other issues around transgender.
1: Yeah. So, uh, if you want, if you want, uh, to connect on that with them on their SoCal trip, you can go to their website, freedom-angels.org. And in particular, here in the Inland Empire uh, on Sunday, August 6th, they'll be in Pomona in the morning and at Riley's Farms up in Yukaipa in the after, late afternoon and evening. And, um, I'm, I'm going to try to get up to the one in, in Riley's Farms in the, in the, in the evening there and, uh, meet you guys in person and see what just learn more about what you're up to because, um, What we're doing thus far to save our country, freedom, families, and children is not sufficient. And it's going to require a whole other step up in our effectiveness uh, and in numbers of people getting involved if we're going to save all of the aforementioned. about four under four minutes left here, and there are two two topics that I do want to try to get to. One is is your work in homeschooling, which I think if you're a parent now, you just you you just have to. If you love your children and you can't get out of California, uh, you have to you have to homeschool. And the other is your idea. And this is maybe something that I read in Tara's uh, Twitter feed is your goal in building out a new society. So I'm going to I'm going to step back and let you guys talk about both of those things in our about three and a half minutes.
2: Yeah. So uh, Tara and I both homeschool. And at the end of 2019, I created an organization called Militia. We're apolitical. We do not get involved in politics. But what we do is we build out and we network with each other and create, like we said, a new society. It is women from across the nation who are coming together to learn skills like homesteading. We homeschool together. We we connect with each other in a way that we've lost through just the way society is now. And so with these skills, we teach other people how to do it. We bring, It's just really an organization of bringing your friends in closer creating a tribe together so that way you don't have to outsource your children's education you don't have to outsource your food we um our our goal and our mission is to really empower women to know that they're fully capable of taking control of their lives and their children's lives and to create a society where they want their children to live in. Thankfully, because of Mama Alicia and the the connections that we have, our lives never changed during 2020. We never, my children did not were not affected by the lockdowns. They weren't affected by masks or or anything like that. We connected with each other. We still went to the park. We still did field trips. We still went to the stores together. And that's really um, the the goal of what we wanted at the end of 2019, seeing the type of terrain that we're going to have to deal with in California.
3: Yeah. And I would say, like we talked about earlier, when you suddenly realize that this life is about, um, that, you know, is one life. we got one life to live and it's in our hands to create the world we want to create our own life, to build the world we want for our children. And don't trust it to anyone else. Don't just outsource your kids, your food, the education, the time of your life. Do everything you can um, to bring to to embrace this life with every bit of resiliency and connection and engagement with it. We don't have to have the life of the world that we were all born into thinking that it had to be, that education had to be a certain way. We now know this is a complete indoctrination system, and it's on us to build it out differently. We have the power to within every one of us right now to create the world we want in a instant with our choices and our actions. And the work that we work on from Mama militia to Freedom Angels is building up models, tools, trainings to bring us into that empowerment, to bring us into that resiliency, to have skill sets and preparedness. And a lot of it is this mental space of like, no, I got this. I'm going to like, I'm going to build the life in the world I want, and I'm going to find the others to do it with. And in for our training in SoCal, I I could tell anything, it's just come down. It feels so good to engage and connect with your freedom family and know each other and be there together. I, you know, I sleep really well. And Denise and I get pumped up after every one of these times we engage with our people.
1: Yeah. Do you have any men in your organization?
2: No. <laughs> well, you know, what we have is we have the our members are obviously all female members, but we we encourage our members to bring you know their families to, to certain trainings. We have events to where the fathers and the kids can all come and we can network together and have potlucks and do all those things. So, yeah, we do have men because the husbands are involved, but we train the women so they can go back home and show their families what they learned and we encourage them to learn it together because we're all in this together it would be weird for a mom to know a certain <laughs> skill and then the dad's out there and un- like completely unknowing of what the heck that you know his wife is doing <laughs> you change the tire baby <laughs> right
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah gender is a social construct until you need the the spare until you need the tire changed
2: <laughs> i i don't I, like I, to I do want, that
1: <laughs> I, I want i want to thank you so much for being on the show and the, and the work that you're doing um I'm going to try, try to get out and see when, you, when you're in, in your Kaipa. And again, you can connect with them at freedom-angels.org. And they'll be in our, our area, Pomona and uh, Riley's Farms, on Sunday, August 6th. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of United i.e. Radio. AM
0: 590, The Answer